It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Joe introduced us before now, so I'm not going to do it again. But I'll tell you that you can find the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app, Apple, iTunes podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, and lots of other places too. Today we have the weekend mailbag. We've been doing a slow trickle of questions just to help us fill the off-season airtime, and we talked about a Dungeons & Dragons thing that we haven't done any of, so maybe we'll get to that next week, but today we continue countdown to kickoff, and then we'll take some of your questions. Joe, guess how many days there are until kickoff today? It's a very sad number. 74. 74, almost 74. It's 73. Slightly sadder number. Hmm. 74 would have been Keaton Sutherland, who we talked about yesterday. So you're telling me Jonah Williams is not wearing 74? Jeez. Didn't even get to see him suit up, basically. 73. Hmm. Jonah Williams is a player to highlight. I don't know if it's appropriate or ironic or just macabre that Jonah Williams is our player of the day for the countdown to kickoff. It's destiny. Destiny. So, So macabre, then. I don't know what that means. Uh... I, am I going to look it up? No, Talk I about mean, Jonah Williams for a second while I find you a proper definition. 
So, Jonah Williams. We were excited. Obviously, talent to the offensive line, a player of his caliber. Good things, right? But um, someone was asking me today, so what level of play or what type of drop-off is there, honestly, from Jonah Williams to Cordy Glenn? Should we be freaking out? And that's probably the fairest question. And the answer would be they probably would have played or could play similarly. Uh, Because I think there's a wide range of a rookie. We've talked about this before of what they could do at tackle. It could be very poor to decent to almost halfway good. Mm -hmm. And Cordy Glenn was that for most of the part from eh, to halfway decent. And I, you know, we can probably project that again. I think the only thing is I would have said I would expect Jonah to be out there for a thousand snaps. Uh, Cordy Glenn, I should say 650 because that's what he does. The other thing is it stunts his growth. And, and for, for yep. one season, I think Cordy Glenn, Jonah Williams, probably very similar, especially as Jonah Williams is a rookie. But he has a reputation as a very hard worker and a film junkie. And we've talked about his spreadsheet that he keeps on himself. So, yeah, I mean, in year one, early in the year especially, probably not much of a drop-off, especially if Cordy Glenn is healthy. He's definitely capable of being very good, so... But it's about next year, right? If anything, yeah, it's, about it's not about year. 2019. It's about well, 2020 here. L- He's going to be. Let me, let me stop you before you start talking again to give you the definition of macabre. Okay. Yes. And then we got to do some fun facts, and then we'll talk about the future. It's it's a process. Got to trust the process. So macabre is an adjective meaning disturbing and horrifying because of involvement with or depiction of death or injury. So macabre humor. Jesus. <laughs> macabre humor is just kind of like death gallows humor. You know, it's it's a type it's a, it's generally in in my experience used to describe a type of humor. See, for me I just think it's um more of I don't know how to describe uh, what the, there's probably a phrase or or a um a title for this, but like just expecting the worst to happen and then it happens and you feel nothing. I'm sure there's a German word for it. Germans have words for everything. <laughs> like they have these single words that describe very complex emotions in the German language. It's, it's known for it. So some fun facts about Jonah Williams. Bengals.com claims he was a five-star recruit. Wikipedia says he was a four-star recruit. So believe what you will. He probably was a four until Alabama got him and then they moved him to a five. That, that, does, that does happen. He left his high school early to enroll at Alabama and get a jump start in January. So he got there in the middle of late football season, started working with the team, started getting into the into the uh, off-season program, and he started as a freshman, 15 games, and started then his next three years. Sounds like the Jonah Williams they drafted. Yep. That's, that's, all, that's all pretty much it. He is highly decorated. He's been a first-team All-American. He was... A freshman All-American. He was a third-team All-American in his second year. He's, you know, he was a an Outland Trophy finalist, unanimous first-team All-American. Actually, his his senior year or junior year. So, yep, has all the decorations. As we knew, we've talked mm-hmm. about this stuff mm-hmm. basically because, I mean, of course, eleventh overall pick, Bengals' first pick, yep. out for the season. Yep. So let's talk about 2020 a little bit. Yeah. We, we don't have a huge track record of tackles that go down for a full season and then have to come back. Actually, one really interesting one is in New England this year. Right. Yes, Isaiah Wynn, who I really liked last year. Um, he goes down. They 
are forced to switch some things up, as they do so well, right? That's the Patriots. That's why no one freaks out when they lose their first-round left tackle. Uh, and instead, you know, they shuffle things around and they get Trent Brown to play like a all-pro. So, um, yeah, that is something to watch. You're right. I can't think of too many. With the When I we were going over the numbers of the recent history of tackles, it was all guys that did play. Mm-hmm. There were a few guys that did not play, and it reminds me now to go and check and see how they did in year two. And and Andre Smith had injury issues his first year to a different degree, I think. Went on to have a solid career once he got in shape. We should keep number 71 open for Andre Smith. Yeah, he's he's got to be back, right? I no, it's a different coaching it, staff. Right. Also, also, 71 is taken. We'll talk about him next week. There's the segue or the lead. For next week. Right. So, so make sure you listen to that because that's riveting stuff. Yeah, this guy is not riveting. I honestly hadn't heard of him before literally five seconds ago. Does he play offensive line? He does. Okay, then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out what the new 71 is. We will. Both of us. Because I'll forget this <laughs> over the weekend. So we're going to... Uh, there's another good follow-up for us is to go and look for, for offensive tackles who missed or didn't play at all their rookie year, including preseason, if we can, because there could be, you know, rookies that play preseason, go to practice squads, come back. We don't really want to count those. We want to count, like, top three-round picks, probably. Yeah, and I want to see guys that played less than 200, 250 snaps first, and then I'll cut it down from there to see who didn't play at all, because even, like, you know, getting hurt after three games would be significant. It's a little bit different, though, because at least that player goes through the full offseason program and gets some NFL Camp, experience. preseason. Yeah. That, that's when you get fine-tuned for technique. Like, if, if it's a rookie that plays three regular season games, that means that they've played in likely parts of seven games. because a right. lot, Unless they're, like, very good, most rookies play the fourth preseason game, at least a few series. Plus four weeks of camp. Exactly. Hey, right, that's big. Yeah. So on to questions, Jake. Yeah, let's get off this topic. Well, that's good because our first question is, um, and we'll answer it afterwards, but it's from Dusty Balls, and he asks, are there any other starting right tackles out there that we wouldn't want over Bobby Hart? This is an even sadder topic. No, but it leads into it, so it can make us feel a little bit better about our tackle situation because i got a handful of guys listed. All right. You know what's not sad? What's that? Our sponsor. Oh, Yeah. And you, if you're listening to this on a Friday, the weekend's coming. Get your blue chew lined up. Have yourself a time. We'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, 
That's B L U E chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're going to jump right into questions. They are relevant this week with uh, a lot of people fired up with the offensive line bad news. But first one from Dusty Balls. Our man, he says, is there any starting right tackles that you wouldn't take over Bobby Hart? Or is it literally the worst? Thanks for keeping the pod interesting. And even during this downtime, you guys are awesome. Thanks, Dusty. We are very awesome. I've got a list here, okay? I'm going so to I'm gonna just take a quick peek and see right. if any of these guys are on your list, okay? Yep. Brandon Parker? Uh, is not on my list, but... Go ahead and nominate him. Brandon he Parker. wasn't listed as a starter, I think, when I looked. Okay, he played 780 snaps at right tackle last year for Oakland, gave up 43 All pressures, right. and had 11 penalties. He will not be starting next year. They signed Trent Brown. Okay, Okay. so it's talking this year's starter. Yeah, I went to ourlads.com. If you don't use them, they're great. They update yeah. their depth chart as, as any move happens. They do it daily if they can. Yeah. Uh, so I went and listed tackle starters in the league and just went from there, wrote names that either didn't ring a bell or I knew were bad, and then check, double-checked their PFF grades. A few others from last year. You can tell me if they're still starting. Chad Wheeler, who started for the New York Giants, had also gave up 43 pressures on 850 snaps. He only had three penalties, but also had atrocious run blocking. He was not listed as a starter anymore. Not, not a starter anymore. So two guys so far that were worse than Bobby Hart have, have been, been replaced. replaced. Colton right. Miller was a left tackle. Is he still starting? I guess he, he didn't check. He's still starting. Okay. He, he he is. Is. Trent Brown's the other guy. So. He's still young. Uh, yeah. Sam Tevy. Sam right Tevin tackle is still starting and he's still bad. Real right tackle bad. for the the Los Angeles Chargers gave up sixty one pressures. Yes, he on was on my list. Thirty six snaps. Good. He sucks. Yeah, not good. I knew uh, that as soon as I saw his name. I didn't even have to double check. I was like, oh, Sam Tevy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julian Davenport, who was mostly a left tackle for Houston, also played a little bit at right tackle. Gave up sixty seven pressures on a thousand total snaps. Yes, I have him and Chantrell Henderson listed as the starters oh. for them. They are in mm. bad, bad shape. Not Henderson good. only had, a, I think, 11 snaps last year. Yeah. So they are really searching for the other tackle. The, the next few tackles on the list that are near Bobby Hart at right tackle are German Effetti in Seattle and Jordan Mills in Buffalo. And Jordan and they Mills like, isn't there anymore, right? He's with Miami. Uh, right supposed to start he is on my list i didn't put Effetti because he's young and they thought he improved a lot last year even though um to be fair to him it was mostly his run blocking that was an issue yeah right his pass blocking got much better and they're happy with him so the other guys i have now on this list are brandon shell he was a he's a tackle for the jets he's uh supposed to start i think he had a 63 overall grade from the uh from pff i also have will richardson who did not play last year at all and i remember him being like a fourth round pick Mm -hmm. Uh, he must have missed all year last year, so there'll be someone to watch to see how he does. But for Jacksonville, he's scheduled to start. 
And then DeMar Dotson for the Bucks is also scheduled to start. And then one guy that I, I'm All not, three of those guys, by the way, were much better than Bobby Hart. They were, so. yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> well, not the one that at, didn't play. Yeah, we're, we're at the point of, I mean, we, neither, we, everyone knows we wouldn't pick Bobby Hart to start for our team. No way, no how. I don't care if he's a million dollars. These other guys are in the situation of, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be actively looking to upgrade. Right, yeah. Okay. The, but what I'm definitely interested, though, is Pittsburgh's right tackle. They traded away. Oh, man, I'm forgetting the name of him, but they sent him to the Cardinals. And because this guy played decent last year for them, Matt Feeler, uh, F-E-I-L-E-R, I never noticed him last year when he was in. And How much did he play? Like a couple games? I want to say 700, 800 snaps. Hmm. So if you want to type his name in PFF, PFF you have it oh, up. Oh, there it's he is. There he is. F-E-I-L-E-R. He was yeah, decent. He was, he was average, above average. Right. Yeah, We would take him, but, I mean, not – actually knowing who he is personally and um i wrote him down because i didn't know who he was and then he performed much better than bobby hart did so you know how i can tell he's a stealer because he graded well he had zero penalties on a total of 675 snaps never got called for holding huh? wow if we could just eliminate bobby hart's penalties and take this guy that'd be awesome He's the only player on this list, and this is 595 plus snaps with zero penalties. The only other one that's close is Taron Armstead, who is amazing. Dwayne Brown, who is amazing. Rob Havestein, who is great. Right. Uh, I mean, all the next three guys on the list are, are you know, your pro bowlers and all pro, and and that's it. And then there's Matt Feeler. Interesting. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's some Pittsburgh bullshit right there. That is, and uh, if you want to feel a little bit better about this list, that's all AFC guys until I get to DeMar Dotson for the Bucks. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Bobby Hart still still sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good great. question. I mean, it, it kind of illustrates, I guess, that there are six other teams or so in the same boat that have just awful tackles. I wonder I mean, how many of these guys are getting paid $7.5 million. Probably. Maybe DeMar Dotson. Maybe. Maybe Jordan Mills? I don't think so. I think he was he was signed no. cheap. Yeah. Our next question comes from Dean at DD Merritt. Mailbag question. How many games does Trey Hopkins start at tackle this year? Okay, so let's set the over-under. I've got a number in mind here that I think, because, I mean, there's a very good chance he's the third tackle. He's right. the first guy off the bench. So where do we set the over-under? I'm considering because of Bobby Hart's play could get Trey Hopkins on the field and Cordy Glenn's injury history could get Hopkins on the field. So considering both of those factors and considering how much lip service has been played to Bobby Hart in this offseason, I would say it's like four and a half games started. Mm -hmm. Okay. Started, right. I was going to say three only because I bet they would sign a tackle if they got to that point. Yeah. They, it seems they've never wanted to put Hopkins at that spot. New, they signed Andre Smith last year. You're new right. Staff. You're very right. And, and there's no tackles on the roster. Different. I mean, who is it right now? I don't know who it is if it's not is Trey it? Hopkins. I know. You kick Michael Jordan out there for fun. He's taking snaps to the center. I know. They're in a situation. Yeah. Not they have good. a known bad player and a known often injured player. And, and then no they have backups. Two college free agents. Three it's college free agents. It's scary. It's pretty crazy. So, so how many think... games does Drew Sample start a tackle? <laughs> <laughs> Thirty pounds on him. Oh man! Roll them out there. We'll Charlie, do it live. Just build them like Anthony Munoz, and he played. Put him out there two eighty five, and let him go. That's it. 
So I, I think I, I think you're probably closer to four and a half because of the but it starts. I, I think he could definitely appear in four to five to six games at tackle. Oh yeah, if uh, it's just appearance at tackle, like any snaps, I would say it's like eight. Sure. Because of Cordy Glenn and how many times is Bobby Hart going to kill you before you're like, get him off of here, off the team, off the roster, I mean, but didn't off they the do field. Some tackle rotation last year? Did I make that up? Uh, no, not really. Uh, was it two years because, ago? Yes. I was going to say Bobby Hart played almost every snap. That was really the only positive quality he had. Let's see. Last year, let's look at a boy or at. Uh, where right, because you're thinking what they do with Fisher and Abwehi. Who's that? Hopkins must have been listed at center last year. Okay, he played zero tackle snaps last year. <laughs> has he played a tackle snap? You've got it now in front of you, I bet. Has he uh, done one in a regular season? He did in preseason. Let's see. Against the Jags. He has a career total of five snaps at tackle. One in 2017 at right tackle and four... In 2016 at left tackle. And those might have to, been unbalanced lines. Sure. Can you go to preseason real fast? Because yeah. I, I do remember him playing there in a preseason, either the first or second year. He got uh, 136 snaps at left tackle in 2016 and played above average out there. Yeah. Yeah. I he was remember a good that. pass good pass blocker. Right. Yeah. I, I remember that. He's always been a good pass blocker, okay run blocker. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready for the next question? We've been we've been waiting for Trey Hopkins since 2014. It's been a long time coming. He's ready to retire by the time he starts. <laughs> Him and Christian Westerman. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, how much better would he be if he hadn't had those injuries too? Talking sure. about a guy that was hamstrung by injuries. We were high on Trey Hopkins as a college free agent way back yeah. when, and yep. then he got then he lost what two three seasons of injury. Yeah, at least. Yeah, he was always when it seemed like, oh, he's going to be the primary backup. Oh, he's injured. Okay, let's wait for next year. And they kept bringing on more and more. It was the boy Ian Fisher, and then it was bringing in, um, oh, I can't remember the guy, J.J. Uh, Dealman, the guy they drafted in the fifth oh, round. Yeah. And then, right, and then Billy Price. Well. And, right. So they've always kept drafting offensive linemen. It just never has happened for Hopkins, really. Because if they didn't draft Price last year, Hopkins may have started the entire year at center. Probably. So, anyways, let's move. Yeah. Um, next question from SAFC Bungles. You know, I don't like the Bungles name. Do you? I hate it. I It, like, makes me, like, mad. It gets the skin crawling a little bit. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't think Bengals fans should use Bungles at all. Especially Bengals fans. That's a shit-talking like, even, even thing. That's like, that's like calling the Steelers the Stoolers. Right. It's I like to talk thing. shit about the Bengals. I like to make jokes about the Bengals because they're funny to me. It's, it helps from crying. But I don't ever call them the Bungles. That was a different era, too. That was the 90s. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, but, but give them give him like three seasons of like 2 and 14 before you rip that name out, I guess. Right. Before the Saints become the Aints, right? They maybe, should... maybe, just, maybe just one season. <laughs> or maybe. two. I don't know. But this question's from Bunny underscore 91, who is a good guy on Twitter. I believe he's uh, from overseas, if I remember correctly. But anyways, he asks, what if the football gods have sacrificed Jonah Williams' health in order for Tyler Eifert to be 100% healthy this season? If that's the scenario was put in front of you um, and it was your decision, Jake, would you take it? No. 
Never. I would never sacrifice one guy's health for the other. I just couldn't do it. If if this is the silver lining, if the karma we get is Tyler Eifert's healthy for a whole year, great. Yeah, because karma never... normally works out in the Bengals' favor. Exactly. <laughs> I need a guarantee, Jake. I need that written down by the devil himself. Okay. I, I am never making that. You're you're exactly right to call this a deal with the devil, and I'm never taking it. Right, because I, I was just going to say this isn't a deal with the football gods. This is a deal with the football devils, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're more of, hey, you're gonna lose your first overall pick, your your first round pick, for the entire year, no camp or nothing, but we'll give you a Tyler Eifert for 16 games, which could happen anyways, right? So it's kind of like you're they're, they're playing on your own fears here. I mean, Eifert could be healthy, probably unlikely, but it could happen, and you could have Jonah Williams, and that's the best case scenario. But the thing about I Tyler Eifert's health is it's all it, like. He hasn't had the nagging issues for a long time now. It's been several seasons since he really had nagging issues. It's been freak thing after after freak thing. Okay, so rephrase this then. Who's more important in terms of win or losses to this team, Jonah Williams or Tyler Eifert? Eifert. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's probably where this question stems from, right? I think Eifert, if he – he's like like the MVP of the team without the stats, you know? Right. His impact is insane. His impact's like A.J. Green. More than, I think. The fact that you can even argue it, and I didn't quickly just, you know, want to say no, is amazing. Because we're talking about a potential Hall of Fame receiver. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's a bit too far. But I said but, the same, so you're not going much further. But it's, I think it's, if, if A.J. comes off the field, so I guess you think about it. Would you rather have A.J., Boyd, and Ross, or Boyd, Ross, and Eifert? I don't. I don't know. Right. That's I think very we'd close. Still miss Green, but then we still miss Eifert when it's Green, Boyd, and Ross. Even though those three should be good enough. But when when it is when you have Eifert and Green, everything works. Oh man, As Eifert, someone's open Green, every play. Everything works. That's why 2015 is so such a missed opportunity. But why we talk about it so often, and I'm talking about fans from from Bengals fans all over, because Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu was also with them. It's just. Uh, you know, that's just insane to have all of them healthy for the entire year. Yeah. And they were this close. You got the next question. Right. Tanner at Lace Sutin. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to stop trying on names. Tanner asks, cool picture, by the way, with Andrew Whitworth, who looks like he is about two of you. You know, I didn't zoom in on it. I just figured Tanner was the big guy. No, he is. He's the guy that's half of Andrew Whitworth, which, you know, he I'm, looks I'm, like um, what's that uh, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito twins? Don't know. Sure. Okay. Tanner's the, the Danny DeVito. I mean, only he only looks that way. He's probably six foot. But when you're getting seven inches on you by six, seven, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, maybe maybe five, ten. I don't know. Maybe. Somewhere in there. Anyway. I'm also about half of an Andrew Whitworth, so I can't talk too much. Anyway, he asked, do you like Mountain Dew? Do I like Mountain Dew? I haven't had a Mountain Dew in a long time, but doesn't mean I don't like it. I just, I don't pick Mountain Dew ever. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I did when I was younger. When I was working in my dad's factory, that would be my lunchtime beverage to get me through the afternoon. Like, the caffeine, the sugar, like, let's go. Let's get through four hours of factory work. But, yeah. I I tasted it sometime in the last five years, I want to say, and it was, like, repulsive. <laughs> I work with a guy, and he's about 58, 59, 60s in that range. And he drinks three Mountain Dews a day at, at work. 
And he's made it to 58, 59, 60. Good for him. He's going to be the guy that retires and is dead in six months. Sorry, John. <laughs> he's not listening. <laughs> Say it on the theme of the macabre humor. Yes. It's that is that kind wrong? Of day. That's my kind of humor, I guess. Anyways, next question. Last drummer... question before the break, by the way. Just giving everybody a heads up. All right. At, on Twitter, at the drummer 180 Is pineapple meant to be on pizza? I don't care what you put on your pizza, man. I'm not here to judge you for your pizza toppings. Do I like pineapple on pizza? No. Will I eat it? I mean, if it's the only pizza in front of me that I like, sure. I mean, that's tolerable, I should say. Because I don't like onions, and people love putting onions on pizza. I hate onions. Onions really ruin it for me. So if I have a choice between a pineapple pizza and an onion pizza, I'm eating the pineapple pizza. Without question. But but I I don't care what you put on your pizza. I care what you put on my pizza. Sure. That doesn't mean it belongs as meant to be or not to be. I don't care. We had pizza today and a chicken finger sub. Oh, man. Anyways, um, I think part of how I respond to questions is how they're asked. And he says, is it meant to be on pizza? No, it's a fruit. It's not meant to be on pizza. It's been here for millions of years before pizza was even invented. I mean, yeah. Do we want to get existential? Is pizza meant to be? <laughs> is, meant, is pizza meant to be pizza? Somebody somebody accidentally combined, you know, flour with water and an egg and mixed it up a whole bunch and ended up with a flat dough and was like, you know what would be good on this? If we dump some tomatoes on it and some cheese on top. It had to have originated in a different way, right? Like... And then they probably They're, ate it raw first or something yes. before they decided, oh, we should heat this up and cook the dough probably. No, I'm sure bread was and dough was already made. Yeah, it probably came invented. first. So, probably and then I'm first. sure they dipped it in sauce coming from Italy all the time. Cheese, common. And then they said, you know, they went from there. And Should we look up the history of pizza? I think you should. All right. And be- Talk about your pizza topping so I'd look it up. Well, today was just cheese and pepperoni. Leon's Italian Bistro, local place. They make some good, good pizza. Anyways, um, I was just going to say also, thinking of the history of pizza as pizza meant to be pizza, it almost blew my mind when you said that uh, because <laughs> I think of things like that all the time. I didn't yeah. I didn't finish college, but I did go for a little bit. And one of the courses I took was a, uh anthropology class, Monkeys, Apes, and Man, it was called. It was about evolution. And that class used to blow my mind like that. And I use it all the time for – when you have kids, they ask weird questions. Like, they would ask that. Is pizza meant to be pizza? And they'd laugh, right? Because that's a kid question because they're curious and stupid at the same time. And, but I would I would try to answer those questions. And a lot of – like my daughter was recently said, why aren't frogs pink? And I was like, <laughs> right. And I'd sit back and I, and I thought of this anthropology class. And I said, well, because all the pink ones got eaten because they couldn't hide. That's why they're green and brown. And there might so like, be some pink frogs in the world. There might be, right, that I don't know. I should have just looked or asked Alexa, is there any pink frogs? So the history of pizza, are you ready? Yes. In Sardina, French and Italian archaeologists have found bread baked over 7,000 years ago. So that's just bread. Okay. In the 6th century BC, what does that mean? Does that mean the 500 BCs? I never learned this. I don't know. Anyway, Persian soldiers ruled by Darius the Great baked mm. flatbreads with cheese and dates on top of their battle shields. So if Darius Phillips ever does anything really cool, he's gonna be Darius the Great. That'd be good. And then he can then he can have a cheese and date pizza. That date pizza, jeez. That'd be weird. In ancient Greece, citizens made a flatbread called Pronounce this, Jake. Pla- Placus? <laughs> Placus? I don't know. 
flavored with toppings like herbs, onions, cheese, and garlic. And an early reference to pizza-like food occurs in the Aeneid, which is 19 BC, which is an epic poem about Aeneas? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) know. The Harpy Queen talks about uh, round cakes topped with cooked vegetables. So, you know, I don't know. That could be close, I guess. The first modern pizza... 2,000 years ago, Roman soldiers added cheese and olive oil to matzo, which is unleavened bread that Jewish people eat during... Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's pizza. Right? That's pretty close. 2,000 years ago. Hmm. There you go. So that's it. Facts. Roman Jews, invented, Roman Jews invented pizza, according to Wikipedia. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more questions and probably not pizza facts. I don't know. You never know, though. Pizza's pretty fun. Stick around. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we are rounding third, heading home with our last meat section, meat, pepperoni, um, questions here. First one up from Don at Pawpaw X4. Is he a grandpa to four? I think that's what it, what it probably is. All right, Pawpaw. He asks, hey, guys, what do you think we should – hang on. Let me make sure I do this right. Hey, guys, do you think we should be in full rebuild mode? Trade for picks as well as cap space – or are we just headed for mediocrity again, winning four or five games and miss out on a good quarterback? The the should is interesting because the yes. Bengals never would. Never. Right. Never. They're never fully committed either way, right? Well, they would tell you they're committed to winning. Sure. But we know the truth, right? Or at least I shouldn't say that. We know that they haven't traded up for a quarterback. And this is just like the conversation I had with Evan Silva a month ago then the question is really, are they not committed to winning or do they not know how to win? Right. Uh, I'd like to think it's not knowing how. I'd like to think that. Well, I mean, which is is worse? And Uh, it doesn't mean we know how. It's just there are some moves they make where everyone, no matter who you are, unless you are completely drinking the Kool-Aid, can say, oh, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Uh, so trading for picks, I mean, who who do you trade? You trade A.J. Green, you trade Andy Dalton, you right. try to trade Geno for whoever will take him pretty much because they're all old at this point. Yep, you can probably get a handful of second-round picks there. Is that I worth it? I feel like uh, probably is, to be right. honest. Right. If this was the Patriots, they'd do it. They're, if the, the Patriots definitely aren't signing A.J. Green to a third contract unless he's taking $8 million two years. Right. And Geno Atkins is definitely not getting a third contract with the Patriots. He might not. Well, he probably gets a second. But he's but, still got some time, though, right? Geno? Yeah. He's still got two more years, so. Yeah. They um, probably want to trade him now. And uh, well, Or maybe they would trade him for Stephon Gilmore somehow. You know? Sure. Or right, Brandon right. Cooks or, They'd get somebody they would use that would be yeah. worth it. And they'd also get a second-round pick or something. Right. 
because, because of the Patriots. Right. So should they is the question. Should they? I don't know that. I think I like that you have the you still have up until the trade deadline. Now you may get less in return if you decide at that point they're one and seven. You're not sure where this is going. The old line sucks and we know Andy Dalton behind a bad old line may not be great. Guys start getting injured again and you're like, you know, we kind of soft reset with the coaching staff. We may need a full reset on this roster and fresh blood throughout. Um, and you at the deadline can make that decision. So the should part is hard to answer, hard to answer right now because I don't want to throw in the towel because Jonah Williams and Clint Bowling aren't going to be here. I, no. I, the that, line that doesn't gets, really change that much, to be honest. It doesn't. Cordy Glenn could give you any, everything that Jonah would could have potentially given you. It's for this year, for 2019. And Clint Bowling, if Christian Westerman wins that job, I'll be kind of excited, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, we'll kind of have to wait and see if we're going to eat crow, but all signs indicate from all the playing time he's ever had, he should be just fine. Or even better in 2019. Yeah, I mean, mean, minimum, you know what I mean. Right, yeah, there's a potential to get better there if they do what the Marvin Lewis Bengals wouldn't and couldn't do. Yeah. And that's coach a guy up that definitely has the ability to make an impact. And so there's a chance there. I caught Jake in a mid-yawn. So my point is that I think I'm not ready to to completely kill this season, but there are plenty of signs that say it could go bad. There's plenty of signs that that still say they can surprise. I think think there's a lot of people writing them way off. And when they got the third worst odds to win the division or the Super Bowl, I think that's insane, in my opinion. I think it should definitely be in the the, maybe the eighth worst odds. Well, that would be fair, but third worst, come on. I mean, they're a bottom half team. They've been picking in the top 10 for a reason. Three years in a row? Yes. Well, 12, top 12. Top 12. It would have been, right. right. It would have been 9, 12, and then 11. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there's reason to think that they're a bottom third team at this point, but they've also won, you know, six, seven games, which last year their their record in one-score games was real bad, right? So there's a lot of regression that happens there on a year-to-year basis. That's another Justice Mosqueda fact. Yeah, that can go both ways, right? You can go one year being one and five on one score games, the next year being five and one. Yeah, and it's not real. It's not a. It's not a skill. Like there aren't teams right. that are consistently good at it. It's just you tend to be five hundred over enough time in one score games. Yep. Um, and and in the season they'll say, oh yeah, they just know how to win or whatever. But it's 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 natural. It always comes back. To about 500 in one score games. I think if anything, but, it may give you some resolve or some confidence in the next one, but it yeah. doesn't mean you'll be better. It no. may help once you get to the playoffs of, guys, we've done this four times. We're down 10 points. It's nothing. Come on. We can come back and win this. Uh, you know, we've won close games before. It's nothing to us. I think there is something Wait. to that, but it doesn't mean you'll win the next time. Yeah, it's a psychological thing. It's not predictive. The last point I'll make here before we go on to the next question is – you can't really trade for cap space in the NFL. Like, planning for cap space by trading players, I mean, that's not really something anybody does. Right. I mean, there was a cap Brock space Osweiler isn't a thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not like the NBA, where you need to make right. room for a max contract on the Lakers so that they can get Kyrie or, or right. Kawhi Leonard to come play with LeBron and Antonio Davis. Yeah, you see these basketball teams two years in advance like start dumping players oh, yeah. because they're going to be good in two years. The and NBA is a totally different beast. Yeah, it doesn't happen in the NFL like that. What they should be ready for is they should be ready to trade Andy Dalton at the deadline if they're yes. out of it. Yep. Because there's always a team that needs a QB. Be yep. ready or to trade in the offseason. Well, yeah. 
I think, I think if you get, so like if Matt Ryan goes down, right? Yes, like week they five, should... trade him to Atlanta tomorrow, right? Right. Remember when um, who was it? Sam Hubbard? No, Trent, um, Teddy Bridgewater went down for the Vikings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, we'll give up a, a pick for Sam Bradford. They paid out way more, way above value. Mm-hmm. If that situation happens, the Bengals shouldn't be slamming the phone down, even if it's in preseason or or in in, in early in the season. They should be. You know, selling while the while they can, and even if their confidence is high, I still find it hard to believe that this current older core of the guys that are twenty nine to thirty three are going to be the ones that win it for you in three years. I'm not saying dump Andy Dalton for anything either. I'm saying be no, open to it if be it comes up huh? because Zach Taylor, you know, coaches get new QBs. If right. Dalton doesn't, if they're not like a playoff team that gets a playoff win this year, they're probably getting a new QB anyway. Right. Anyway, Dalton has to play well, and I think they have to feel they can actually win something with him to get extended, or else I think we're yeah. in the situation that we are. I thought the Bengals were in the situation this year, so I always think that, I guess, so maybe I'm completely wrong, but I do feel they have at least their eye on the upcoming situation at quarterback. I think now more than previously, Ever? for sure. Right. Whatever. They, they, I mean, in since 2014. Since, since Marvin Lewis came along. Next question comes from Alex at Dagda. Cats or dogs, Joe? Cats for me. Oh, yeah. Dogs like for dogs. me. I have yeah. two dogs. I, I don't love them. Cats are not interesting to me. People are going to stop. This is going to be my Captain America um, take. No, it's not. People Cats are going to rally behind you because people I mean, dogs. You. I'm sorry. No, that's not true, first of all. Dogs are fine. And honestly, they're they're cool when they're cool. But they're heavy and clumsy and knock stuff over. Their breath stinks. They're dumb. I try to pet the puppy and she pees. As soon as I pet her, I want to love you. I would love to snuggle you and have a great time. But I can't even touch her until she's, what, six, seven months? Because she's a goofball. <laughs> that's what puppies are, yeah. Puppies right. are goofballs. It drives me nuts. I like to go play with her outside, but only outside. I can't touch her in, in the house. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I I really like dogs. Cats are boring. You can play with cats. You can have yeah, fun with but cats. it's not fun. You can't wrestle a cat. Yeah, with your hand, not with your body. Yeah, that, that's not very. Cats fun. like to get, cats like to get fucked up. You pat their back. You rub their heads. You pull their ears back so their their eyes get squinted and they meow at you. I don't dislike cats. I just like dogs more. That's fine. Like I think much the, more. <laughs> I think the stigma of boys should like dogs or girls more cats, I think is weird. I've always liked cats. I didn't know that was even a thing. They're self-sufficient. They hang out I know out so chill. many women that have dogs. I think um, you ever hear like, we need more dogs. We don't need any cats. You ever hear that, that uh, coach going nuts in the locker room? Because dogs yeah. are supposed to be fighters. But I tell you what, take two 80-pound, one feline and one canine. Oh, yeah. I think that cat will... Fuck you up, man. Big cats are terrifying. Yeah, they are. And that's why we like the Bengals. I mean, uh, tigers should be pretty terrifying. There are they cougars ha- here. If you encounter a cougar in the wild, you're dead 95% of the time. Also right, true, though, if you, if you encounter a wolf in the wild, you're also dead 95% of the time if you're going to fight it. Why are there any wolves or cougars? or any, there, are, there are panthers. I'm thinking of football team names, mascots. There are cougars in, in college. There, there are timberwolves in basketball. Yeah, Wolfpack, NC State Wolfpack. Yeah. Just not in the NFL. Yep. 
where we have teams like the 49ers and Browns. Those minors are, are nothing to mess with. Yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> That's fine. All right, next question from Alex again, Degda. He wants to know why do you think Marcus Hunt got cut in Cincinnati or I don't know, is that how it happened or was he a free agent? Either way, why he didn't work out in Cincinnati but succeeded in Indianapolis? What did they do differently, Jake? They put him inside, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I don't know. He probably also like learned the game a little bit. Maybe he got instruction that made sense to him. Maybe they had somebody that spoke. Uh, where is he from? Estonia. Did you see his quote was similar to Angel Whitworth? He made he, he said they made football fun again. Uh, yeah. I do you can think see that's? That. I mean, do you I think that's see, only fun because he's doing well? I could I could see the Bengals having a bunch of hard ass coaches out there, or like do your job rather than. Let's, you know, the game is supposed to be fun. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, he he did play exclusively, not exclusively, almost exclusively inside. Yeah, he's a D-tackle. He he played end against the Bengals, and he had a good game. He had some stinkers of games, too. Like, he didn't do anything against New England, against Buffalo, didn't really do anything against Oakland, didn't do anything in the the, uh, divisional playoff game against Kansas City. But you know he had he had good he, so here's where his good games were, New York Giants. We talked about them having some of the worst offensive linemen in the league. The yep. Miami Dolphins, who were awful last year. Yep. The Tennessee Titans, who were awful last year. Oh no, did they go to the playoffs? Am I? No, they no. missed it. They were nine and seven They're, or eight and eight, and they missed it. Better than I thought, but still, yeah. like, not good. The, the whole the whole AFC South is bad, except the Texans. And his other good game was against the Bengals and Bobby Hart. That makes sense. You know, you do need some guys that beat up on bad teams. We, we just listed how many bad right tackles Carlos Dunlap could go against, right? And you need guys that take advantage of them. They may disappear in some games, but it'd be nice. Because Marcus Hunt should not be your number one or number two. He should be your four or five, right? Yeah for a normal good team that values their D-line, I'm not saying the Colts don't, but they really don't have any, have too many guys that scare you. Uh, you know, for the Bengals, he never got consistent snaps. He never got consistent opportunities. The coaching staff obviously couldn't get him in the right position to, to succeed. So I think that's the biggest reason. Yeah. That's probably it. That's it. I mean – it could be so. There's your factors, right? It could be that he's maturing and learning, learning the game. Finally, he's at, always been at an athlete. Thirty-three years old. Uh, is he thirty-three? He was you twenty-eight as a rookie. I made it up. You got one for me. You got a real number. I don't. You look like you're doing math in your head. You just had his PFF grade. Thirty-one. It says it at the top. He's thirty-one now. So he went to the Colts and he was twenty-nine. He was twenty-six when he was drafted. Then. Oh wait, he okay. turns thirty-two. He turns thirty-two in a month or in, in like three weeks. This man's old. He's as old as I am. So, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, peaking later, didn't have as much wear early in his career. Yeah. I don't think he's going to have many more great years. And he's still much, much better as a run defender than as a pass rusher. His, his grades really don't look that different than they did in his last year in Cincinnati. He just kind of got more opportunity and they played him inside more. Yes, I would agree with all that. That seems like it's about it. Onwards? Yes, onward. Anthony, at Brooks367 asks, say the O-line performs at the same level as last year. Does the new scheme hide it a bit better? Bengals were doing just fine with that line last year. 
was more linebacker play and injury that killed them. So hashtag, you're saying there's a chance. I know you asked for some numbers from PFF today. That seems relevant. I, I didn't get um, number. Yeah, this started from because my piece on play action came out for the athletic today. And part of that is with the running game also, which I which was part one in the video series. It does hide the O-line in the Ram style offense. And it does take off pressure by they're really half the time they're throwing it. It's off a play action pass. So on those passes, it's harder to get to the quarterback. People may say, well, you need to hold for more time. Isn't that bad with a bad offensive line? It actually isn't. That D-line has to rerun first and then pass rush. And a lot of times they have and two extra blockers. So it's not just the offensive line and selling run, so you're stopping the, the, the pass rushers. You also have a tight end and a receiver blocking. The receiver is almost like chipping and then going back out into, a, into the pass. I, dial, I diagrammed that today. Uh, so – you get extra protection. You get extra time. Someone else answered. PFF did not. Someone yeah, no, else answered Evan, and, Evan answered. He's from PFF. Oh, that was Evan? I'm, I'm sorry then. Okay, he. Um, I should follow him. But he answered that the time to pressure on a play-action pass is, you got it in front of you? Yeah, 2.37 seconds on non-play-action dropbacks and 2.7 seconds on play-action dropbacks on 2018 regular and postseason passing plays. So you get almost a half a second longer to throw the ball without before pressure arrives on a play action pass. Now that makes sense because you're selling the fake. Out the whole play is time to throw is probably a half a second longer. I'd like to uh, match up those two to see if I can see a correlation. But point being is the scheme does help the offensive line and especially the tackles. I think it really uh, for for the them being horizontal, their pre snap motion and their guys moving around the Rams. And if the Bengals adopt it it makes the ends go a little bit wider at the snap to defend that run or defend the jet sweep or the running back going down a wide zone. And then which kills their pass rush. They're not ripping up the field. So I do think it will help. Obviously, I'd still rather have Jonah Williams there, but I think that's why I I feel Cordy Glenn and Bobby Hart can be okay in a Ram-style offense. Now, that doesn't stop them from the point of the other 50% of the snaps. You still got to drop back and protect and go one-on-one and do your job. These guys are still going to lose like bad players because they are bad players. Yeah. Well, at least Bobby Hart. I would also say that it wasn't like you say that it was mostly the linebackers and injuries that killed them. I don't really fully agree with that. The offensive line got Andy Dalton hurt for one directly. It was a bad snap. Yeah. Uh, and and I think you started to see Andy Dalton degrading a little bit behind that offensive line as the season went on as well. And don't forget the how they lost to the Steelers and then how they lost to the Chiefs and lost to the Saints. Those are really before – I mean, just Tyler Eifert. We can't pin everything on Tyler Eifert. Yeah, you can. Most of those guys were healthy for those games. And yeah. everyone was, was – I mean, there's a couple of guys. Nick Vigil was out, things like that. But if Nick Vigil is killing your defense, then we got a problem. Point being is they couldn't compete with those good teams. And I'm not including the Steelers there. I'm thinking really, ideally, it's the Chiefs and Saints. They couldn't hold a candle to them. They were blown out of the water. Might as well have been a college team in those games. Right. Destroyed. They held no chance. That means if they got to the playoffs, they're going to get blown out again. So it wasn't the injuries that killed them. It was those games right away we knew Marvin Lewis has to go. Yep. Next question comes from Tyler Lindsay at TylerLindsay08. We had a lot of bad news this week, to say the least. To change that narrative, what was the best Bengals offensive, best Bengals offseason news or move you ever heard that got you super excited? This is a good question. 
I started to think, is there has there been a move that really I was like, man, this is different for the franchise or different for them? I remember being really excited that AJ Green got extended because I thought, you know, a guy that good, potential Hall of Famer, there's a chance they may not be able to get him, especially with the other receivers that were demanding big money that year. I thought, you know, maybe there's a chance they can't do this, can't pull it off. But I don't think there's been an addition from the outside or even a draft pick where I really got extremely excited that the you fortunes of this. loved Gio Bernard. Well, I did. But then a running back's not going to change the course of the franchise. But if you're That's saying like. That's not what the question was. What was I know. the best news that got you excited? I was starting with, was there ever a, a move that made me think the course of the franchise could be different? And there hasn't been. So going to the next tier would be someone I thought would be a, a very good player that they were able to acquire and got him at, at a value that I was comfortable with. And Gio Bernard is a fine suggestion, great suggestion. Marvin Jones, I loved Marvin Jones. I mean, yeah. there's there's a, a lot of players through the draft where I was like, yes, great. This is William fantastic Jackson, pick. Tyler yes, Eifert. William Jackson I thought was great. Tyler Eifert. There's... There's a lot of uh, a lot of those players off the signings. I thought Thomas Howard was a great signing, and yep. he was until he got hurt. I mean, there there haven't been many. I remember being really excited when they did sign To because I thought, you know, I really like this roster. They spent, uh, you know, 2009 they got to the playoffs, but I, they were a pe- a bad passing team or a low efficiency passing team. Adding To, they could do this, and Jordan Shipley also. Yeah, this could happen. This is going to be a good trio, and it didn't work out. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could have kind of seen that implosion coming. I was going to say that nothing, there haven't been off-season moves since, like, Warren Sapp. Yeah. Pre-Warren Sapp, I mean, that, that have been, like, big, exciting off-season moves at the time. Delta O'Neal was an exciting move, but that's a long time ago now. And that was a trade. It was a trade, but it's an acquisition. It's an yeah. off-season move, right? That was that- off-season, right? Yeah, and it resulted in them missing out on Steven Jackson and taking Chris Perry instead. Well, they also traded back. That's one more time. Steven they did. Jackson. They originally picked 17th, right? Went to 24, and then yeah, from they, 24 to 26. They could have picked. They could have picked Steven Jackson if they wanted. That's right. Um, that that one comes to mind. Delta O'Neill. Uh, they, but it's been draft picks. Like it's been guys that are fallers that we've agreed with, and it's there haven't been additions in quite a while. The, the Bengals' offseason philosophy of signing free agents changed in, like, 2011 or something. Right. Because even then, they did sign a couple guys like Antoine Odom. And, you know, that's a fair signing. A guy that's coming off a career year that's young, that needs more opportunity. And it worked out for the most part until he started dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah. So those are the offseason moves. That's that, for me. It's just been a long time. They've been coasting for so long now. Yeah. That remembering the early Marvin years is actually difficult. They actually were pretty creative in the early years in terms of acquiring guys. Yeah. And they had, you know, Jay Gruden and Mike Zimmer, these innovative coaches that they that they brought in and are still head coaches elsewhere. Corner more than anything. You talk about Delphine oh, yeah. O'Neill, but signing Tory James. Well, and, um, and Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelson, Nate Clements signing was a good signing for yeah. them. Terrence Newman was a good Terrence signing Newman. for them. Adam Jones getting him when he was out yeah. of, of a full year. I mean, the corner, of, if anything, was been the one where they've taken chances, taken risks, and they've really worked out. And then they traded Bobby Clint Williams. McDonald for Kelly Jennings. Bobby Williams out, on the offensive line was a good one. Maybe their best acquisition of the Marvin Lewis era because he was like okay for the Eagles, kind of considered a, a semi-bust for them. 
And they were like, no, nah, this guy's a power guy. Put him next to uh, Willie Anderson, and they got a really good guard for them. When they traded Carson Palmer for a first and a second, that was yeah. really exciting. Yeah, uh, that was I amazing. thought that might never when, happen. When they traded uh, A.J. McCarron for a couple seconds for a second and third round oh, pick, that was oh. great. That was Halloween, and we are just about to go out trick-or-treating. And I was like, "Whoa, they're trading them for a second and another th- a second and another pick." It wasn't at the time; wasn't known. And then right after was it was four o'clock is the deadline four thirty or whatever. This is coming out, and they're like, "Trade did not go through. Facts did not go through." So don't, Jake. Damn it! Why are you doing this? Facts. Next uh... question from Briscoe B. Name's Brandon. Brandon Briscoe, maybe. I don't know. He says not a question, but something that might be interesting to us. And this is from SI.com. UniWatch, if you follow them on Twitter, which I do because I love uniforms. Uh, it's a UniWatch redesign challenge. They want to give the Bengals a new look, and you can submit your ideas. They have, they have some rules, so you make sure you want to go in there and, and find out what it is. I'm retweeting it on the Lockdown account right now, so if you listen to this, you can find the link there. And if you're an artist or care about this, you should submit your idea. Yeah, go do it. I don't care. I'll look at all your pretty pictures. I know Joe's going to do one. I don't know if I will because I don't know if it'll look good. I, I would draw it on paper and take a picture and send it in because I like to actually draw things with my hand. But I do have a lot of ideas. I used Here, to draw Bengals uniforms a lot. Here's what you do. You draw it on paper. You find one of our listeners who's a really good digital artist. You get them to take what you drew on paper and make it you know, Ready? perfect on a computer and, and send it in. I can't believe I – for all the things I like to do, Photoshop should definitely have been in my tool bag. It still could be, Joe. You're young. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Next and last question. AZ in Wisco, Arizona in Denver. None of this adds up. Definitely Arizona, though. Not football related. (laughs) I'm interested in your, Joe and Jake, top three beer choices. Mike's Hard Lemonade does not count. What? Mine? Santa Fe Happy Camper IPA. Avery Hazy-ish IPA and Bell's Two Hearted. I've heard of one of those beers. Are you a beer drinker? Not anymore. No, you, there was a time in your life. I wouldn't say that I was like a beer drinker. Not the way that people that drink IPAs or beers drink. Not the way that people that drink, drink Bell's Two Hearted or beer drinkers. But that's when you like the taste of beer, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I'm with you. I will keep a couple in the house. Mostly for me, it'll be either a Corona for the summertime. I like Yingling and Yingling Dark, but but I like all. Yeah, honestly, they both taste good uh, to me. So, thanks, Mike's Harmony Lemonade doesn't count. So I'm gonna have to find it a third one. Thanks a lot, Easy. I remember uh, a beer that I had a lot of fun drinking was called Lagunitas. What? Which Lagunitas beer was it? I don't remember the name anymore. Thanks a lot, Jake. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Very mission. informative. <laughs> I, I like. I like this Canadian beer called Lucky. Lucky okay. Lager. Um, I don't remember what I drank when I drank beer in the U.S. anymore. So we're not the ones to ask beer questions. No. Um, I'm very generic. Like I said, uh, I yeah. think mine are something everyone can find. So I'm definitely not a beer snob. I'm not an IPA drinker. No. I know, like I said, I know people that love Bell's Two Hearted. And, Are you uh, a drinker? No, not even really a drinker anymore. No, me either. I may have a glass of wine, may have a beer every couple of weeks. That's about it for me. Yeah, I, I do have a wine fridge. It's just, there's nothing in it right now. Yeah, 
I, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine every now and then, but that'd be it. I'll have a beer every now and then, but yeah. Depends if the Bengals lose. Um, nope. Nope. Oh, all right. Alcohol is terrible for you. There's a chart that shows you how bad different drugs are for you. Oh, don't do this. There's a chart and on one axis. It's how, 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 uh, dependency forming it is. And on the other, it's how harmful it is. Okay. Alcohol is just as habit-forming and harmful for you as many scheduled whatever, Schedule 2 narcotics. Like, it's up there with meth. It's not good for you. It should not be legal. <laughs> you're going... You're... What are you... You're going way too far for our listeners. They're going to be mad at this oh, one. Not only the dog... The dog lovers are going to be mad. Beer lovers are going to be mad. Next, you're trying to take away our guns, Jake. Yep. <laughs> and with that <laughs> no I'm not trying to take them away I'm just trying to you know uh, we're, we're not going to go don't do this we're not going to go don't. there we're not going to go there we're going to alienate all of our listeners we, I mean it's pretty easy to piss people off politically these days but those three beer, dogs, and guns let's not touch those beer, dogs, and guns that's what we're staying away from <laughs> oh man That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Thanks for hanging out and listening to us answer your questions for, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. We talked a little bit about Jonah Williams there at the beginning. Until next week, when we'll be back with our Countdown to Kickoff series, have a great weekend, Bengals fans, and remember to find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Hopefully we're there. Have a good weekend, Bengals fans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.